counting. I've started recording. Okay. Okay. I'll start one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, tenner, tenner. Yay! Done. Yay! We Yay. did it. Great. We did it. Ray, I only have I only have time for a fifty-minute minute episode. Let's fucking go. Fifty-minute minisode, tiny-minute episode of mini, mini episode, diversity. Minisode, minisode. Cool. Uh, how do we do podcasts anymore? I've forgotten. I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember either. Um, I'm not sure. That's fine. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, yeah. I. Is this cold open? I don't have. I don't know. Yes. Cue the theme song. <laughs> Walk without rhythm, it won't attract the worm. Walk without rhythm, and it won't attract the worm. Walk without rhythm, and it won't attract the worm. If you walk without rhythm, uh, you never learn. Yeah. Hi, I'm Ray, the voice cut through the university. Um, Hi, I'm here Ray. to talk about things and stuff. What's up? My pronouns they are they and them. Thank you. Nice pronouns. <laughs> they sure are. My name is Josie and I'm the Chancellor of the University. My pronouns are Shika. Wow. Uh, yes. Didn't even... Don't, no hesitation. <laughs> Didn't even hesitate. Back in... Yeah. So... Hell yeah. So gender today. What's up? Mm-hmm. Amazing. We know who we are on this podcast, yes. for sure, definitely. The, the the podcast that knows what identities it has. Mm-hmm. How are you, by the way? I'm fine. I had um, I've had a I've had a sort of day in bed day where I just did washing and be in bed and eat chocolate and try and cope with Ooh. the world and life while not doing those things, not engaging with society. Yeah. Um, of course. How is winter treating you, Ray? I forgot that it was Sunday because I went to work and Ah. I always forget that it's Sunday when I go to work. I had to do their Remembrance Day announcements. Oh, wow. So that was interesting. (laughs) Tell tell us about (laughs) that, please. I was like, well, you know, to respect all of our troops today, we have to be quiet for two minutes. (laughs) Basically that. Did you... Did you say respect our troops? Did you say the words respect our troops? No, it was something like... um, it was something like to honor those who gave our li- their lives for our country or something like that. Okay, because respect our troops is literally bananas words. Absolutely bananas. And it was just for jokes and not real. I don't wear a poppy. I don't wear a poppy because... I didn't buy one, but also I've heard lots of bad things about the charity that they do money to. Mm. I mean, also, like, I do find it, like, mad performative, you know? For sure. I saw lots of people today walking around wearing, like, medals. Wow, because they were service people. Yeah. Wow. War. They weren't stealing valor, were they? Do you know about stolen valor? No. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. This is really some good podcast energy. Yeah, it is. I think it's sort of a low energy, a low energy (laughs) Sunday (laughs) evening winter record. Yeah, it's winter now, so we both have depression more than we did before. So Yay. that's why we haven't done anything. 
Uh-huh. Also, I think we just both got busy. Like, I dance all the time yeah. now, every day. No, it might be. Yeah, you're busy <laughs> doing I'm dancing. Bu- I, I'm busy. <laughs> Not that busy, though. Just mostly either busy or eating chocolate in bed. So. That's busy. <laughs> Can't. I couldn't possibly podcast today because I'm eating chocolate in bed. Okay, so <laughs> still, still, you know, stolen valor is like this. Is, used to be a thing that happened in I think mostly America where people wearing like uh, accoutrement to say they had been in the army would occasionally get accosted by but other people. Yes, exactly. They people get accosted by people who claimed they were not in the army and couldn't possibly have been. Oh. And so um, they would Damn. they would be called out for it uh, on social They'd media. They'd be ritually sacrificed. Um, and uh, they would say, you have stolen valor. And I just think it's an incredibly badass... Mm. What a cool you know, combination of words. Pairing of words. But mm. um, I, I do like to say it for like, when, when any, and any one innocuous thing is pretending to be another innocuous thing, I do sometimes like to say it has stolen the valor. Oh. Just because it sounds so badass. So, we read chapter 25 and 26. Oh my goodness, is that the numbers of the chapters? That's the numbers of the chapters that Frank didn't write, but I did, because I need to keep track of which ones we're doing. You just, you just put them in in black marker, in biro. <laughs> just sprawled them on top of the words that Frank yeah. wrote. Chapter like, 26, Frank. Important. Chapter 26. Just like ruled <laughs> over the chapter quotes. Who gives a fuck about these? Princess Irulan. Princess Irulan. Um, would you like to tell me what Princess Irulan says at the beginning of chapter 25? Yeah, let me have a little uh, gander inside oh. of the book. And take we'll a little look inside of the book. Take a little look inside a book. Something, something reading rainbow. Didn't grow up with reading rainbow, so don't know the lyrics. But I know it. There's something about take a look. It's in a book. You hear me turning the pages. I'm turning them. I can. I'm turning. Oh, Josie. Oh, Josie. I what? know this is a little bit early, but I was trying to pull out my web of the week, and I got a a good glimpse of the tube, and I love the tube. Oh God, I can't stand. I the love tube. the tube. Oh, the tube is. Oh, I'll talk about the tube later, up. but I fucking love the tube. We might tube. run out of time for the Worms of the Week. We might as well get we'll have to do the top. chapters quickly because I have to, I need to talk about my tube. Oh, okay. I can't... Gah. I can't find the chapter quote. Oh! Mardib could indeed see the Oh, yes, future. yes, yes, I see it. I was just thinking that's like... That's a big old chapter quote. I went, I didn't remember it being that big, despite only having read the chapter about an hour and a half ago. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here then. Let's see here. Let's see what the chapter is. Chapter 25 of June. <laughs> okay. All right. And this is the chapter quote. Let's go. Wadib could indeed see the future, but you must understand the limits of this power. Think of sight. You have eyes. Yet cannot see without light. If you, you have eyes, <laughs> right? <laughs> you but have eyes. <laughs> if you yeah. have eyes, if you are on the floor of a valley, anyway. you cannot s- shut up. Let me read the chat. Ray, Sorry. yesterday at dancing, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got to say this. <laughs> um, yesterday at dancing, uh, 
we did this we did this weird dance because it's November and you know the veil between the worlds is thin apparently according to everyone I dance with of course this sounds so good I want to go <laughs> that sounds great you should come with me one time we will record a podcast and we can go dancing I would um, like that <laughs> Um, they do a dance every year for um, people that um, uh, people have lost sort of in their families oh, and yeah. you know like David Bowie <laughs> and the, of course who else <laughs> and other people who have died right so um, yeah and there's like a, a beautiful installation everyone brings pictures and things to all the people that they're trying to remember and I always say David Bowie because there was a picture of David Bowie there. of course how beautiful touching <laughs> Um, and uh, uh, so during the dance, the lady who leads the dance was like reading a poem about uh, death. And uh, then like we get into a little circle afterwards and we just talk about what the dance was like and if everyone had an interesting time and what they were feeling during the dance. And that to close out the uh, the circle, um, the, uh, the woman who leads it said, does anyone, anyone want to read the poem that I read during the dance just to close it out? And this this guy said, I'll do it. <laughs> I will do the poem. Um, Me. And I, I think he's absolutely hilarious. I mean, I hate him. He's the worst person. Um, <laughs> they find him very bad. And he's never, ever once made eye contact with me, ever. Um, because he does not acknowledge lesser beings such as myself. Um, and he just fucked it up so bad. <laughs> it oh, was dear. Just, it was just an extremely bad reading of the poem. The last, oh, The last word of the poem was death. And he said... Death. <laughs> like you. <he> was... <laughs> like you forget really, that really some people like be... don't know how to read a poem. No, clearly, I was like, you need to go back to poem learning to read school <laughs> to learn how to back read to this poetry poem. school. You idiot! <laughs> you fool! <laughs> um, so yeah, I was like, yeah, serves you right. What school you did you head? go to? Clown college? Because I bet it wasn't the poetry <laughs> school. <laughs> <laughs> what school did you go to? Fool University? Did you go to bird school for birds? Because you sounded like a real bird to me. <laughs> when you read that poem all bad. Anyway, this chapter quote. Anyway, so this chapter quote, I got about one third through it. Where do I, where do we, I'm going to just pick up. You have eyes. <clears throat> you have eyes. <laughs> That's the second sentence. <laughs> you have eyes. <laughs> You have eyes. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. You have eyes, yet cannot see without sight, without light. Damn it! You have eyes, yet cannot see. <laughs> this is the next 50 minutes of me just going to be going. You have eyes. <laughs> you have eyes yet cannot see without light. If you're on the floor of a valley, you cannot see beyond your valley. Just so, Muad'Dib could not always choose to look across the mysterious terrain. He tells us that a single obscure decision of prophecy, perhaps the choice of one word over another, could change the entire aspect of the future. He tells us the vision of time is broad, but when you pass through it, time becomes a narrow door. And always he fought the temptation to choose a clear, safe course, warning that path leads ever down into stagnation. 
I feel like I'm ever down to stagnation. That's where I live. Oh, just in the the stagnation mm-hmm. valley. Valley of stagnation. <laughs> yes, the valley of stagnation. From Arrakis Awakening. Edgy sequel. I know. By it sounds like Irulan. the title of a film. It was it's Princess like Irulan's screenplay. Film. It's like, it's Batman Begins, but from more deep. <laughs> um. Great. So... <laughs> Great. I mean, I like. I do quite like um, uh, the, that path leads ever down into stagnation because that's what's happening to the universe. Mm. Go on. You know, um, entropy, etc. Yeah, entropy, man. I'm not being Is that deep, the complete thought? Is that the end of the thought? <laughs> that's the whole thought. That's it. Okay. Cool. That's what's happening to the universe. What is mixed cannot be unmixed. Mm. And Paul does talk about how, like, the, the the path of humanity is towards chaos, and you know, like, it comes up a lot. I guess entropy mm. is uh, the capital C theme of the book. The theme, yeah. And also, I just like how he's like, yeah, man, keep mix it up, keep things interesting. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Don't go for oh, the yeah. most obvious thing ever. Keep him guessing. Zag on him. Keep him guessing. You know. Uh, advice of the Muad'Dib is zag on him. <laughs> the liaison Al Qaeda reminds you to zag on him. Muad'Dib colon zag on him. It's the theme of the year twenty one five sixty six. Zag on him. Zag on him. That's very good. It only t- only took us ten minutes of recording to do a McElroy's thing. Yes, I was definitely waiting for you to ask me what the chapter was about, but. Because you haven't asked me, I'll say anyway what it was about. And what's, what what's, what's... <laughs> so, so, Ray, what's the chapter about, Zagonim? Well, <laughs> I just opened a page and it was Jessica saying, Not the family atomics! So that's not how the family going, atomics. Basically. So, Paul and Jessica are hanging around in a dune in the dune in a tent and they're just <laughs> they're hanging around a dune in dune on the nosley <laughs> um yeah they're just hanging about they're sort of you know they've been in the desert for a little while and they see an ornithopter come down and paul can tell that it's duncan duncan donuts idaho because he because of the way that he flies and because he's a brain genius uncle dunks um and Uncle donkey paul is very like extremely precocious in this chapter again like i thought oh my god he sort of calmed down but no he just can't <laughs> work <No. laughs> um, i will never calm down so he's extremely with idaho idaho loves it for some reason he's like oh hell yeah he's my dad now um, <laughs> um but it's true he's like yes i love it shields and laser guns and stuff and they go to meet dr kynes um happens yeah they go to meet dr kynes they talk about his dad and stuff i can't really go into detail even though i read this today um but they go they go to dr kynes the imperial planetologist um and paul is like hmm, this place is has machines in it and seems like it's for experimentation and stuff so i don't remember why that's important but there's some animals here yeah bats bats little bats yeah. like the bat that got spat in mm-hmm. oh i do <laughs> um anyway they go into this place um paul and kind of verbally spar a little bit 
Um, and Paul is trying to sort of establish himself as the Duke, which is a bit presumptuous seeing as he's fucking 15. And Leo is mm. like the weird pseudo god of the Fremen. <laughs> um, yeah. But eventually he wins Kainz's respect somehow by being a little bitch. Um, and it's like, I'll, I would die for you. And Kainz is like, wonderful, me too. Um, and then I think there's a Harkonnen and Sadaka attack on where they're hiding out. So Kainz is like, quickly, we must go through the back door. And they go through the back door and they split up. Um, and Paul and Jessica follow some flashy lights um, after saying goodbye to Liet. Um, then they get in an ornithopter. Um, Liet tells them how to fly in the storm and tells them that he'd send some Fremen to meet them. Um, and they they find the ornithopter, they get out, they begin to fly, they fly right into the storm. Um, a Harkonnen ship follows them and attacks them and Paul is trying to avoid it, but eventually I think they lose it in the storm. Um, and while they're flying in the storm, um, Paul and Jessica recite the litany to themselves because they're both scared and they don't like it to them. Um, and that's all that happens and in it's this like- chapter. It's like a pure uncut Dune moment. Oh yeah, it's a pure uncut moment of Dune. I really like that. They're both bit like the going. Yeah, it just it did feel very. I did like. I liked both of these chapters. Yeah. Um, yeah, despite them being just because they were very much, they were very themselves. They were extremely Dune. They were very Dune. Very... Exactly, and you know what more can you ask for yeah. than for Dune to be the most Dune, Dune it's to possible be Dune. to be. I really liked the first chapter. The second chapter, there were parts of it that I really liked, and then some parts of it were just like perfect nonsense that I hated. Mm, mm, I mean, we get to talk about Baron next time. We do. And Baron, my favourite Baron. My beautiful Baron. My beautiful Baron. I mean, I have to, I sort of have to, I want to reserve the right to pervert nonsense, as it's the only time Dune ever gets horny, ever. I don't want to see the Baron being horny about his 15-year-old nephew, thank you. That's fair. Yes. Anyway, this chapter, things (laughs) happen in it. I really like the end. Did you really like the end? Yeah, because I was like, you know, roll credits. I was like, damn, fear really do be the mind killer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Fear fear do be the mind killer. It Mm. does kill that kills the mind um and also like oh yeah as a as a kind of um you know if if dune was star wars Mm. this would be the end of the first the the first oh no the second of the of the like this the second no it would be like the mid mid film it would be the end of act one of the second film Uh you know where like it's like it's, it's stirring and epic Mm. And then, like, then you go to a different planet and think about something else that's mm-hmm. different, yeah, for a bit. But you're like moved by the the epicness yeah. of the moment. I think the storm, the description of the because they're both in, in a storm, they're in a helicopter and they've just escaped from a thing. Yeah. And they're reciting the litany against fear mm. to each other. It's very exciting. One of the things that I did find annoying <laughs> about this chapter was um, the extended air battle scenes uh-huh. I was just like I'm not having fun yeah I think I fucking just like skinned my eyes over it and didn't retain anything yeah I was just like da 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 pew 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 running down the hallway running jumping yeah. jumping 
flying. Um, I do. Th- I mean, something that's nice about the ornithopter mm. is that it does get described like a bird, and that's yeah. nice. I was thinking. I was just going to say that I really enjoyed how all of like the flight was described and all of the language that was used around the ornithopter and how it moved and how its wings moved and stuff. But yeah, yeah. I I did glaze over. I'm just like. We we get we get it. It's going forward and it's fast it's and the wings are like a bird is. It's, it's going up and now. it's going down. Yeah, There's, I do care so much you know, more about shields. people talking to one another. Oh, so much more, so much. Ah, wings snicked into beetle stubs. That's the bit that I was reading. I really, really beetle like stubs. That bit. It's beautiful. I don't know why. Beetle stubs is bad. How do you how do you mean beetle stubs? I don't know, but it conveys an image, which is all it needs to do, I guess. I like I like how there's a kind of um, you know, virtuosic you go too fast, you go too fast type thing of, you know, Paul's hands dancing over the controls and he knows how much sand there is that's in the air and it's like he's one with the ornithopter. I'm like, yeah, okay. Obviously, he's also very good at flying the ornithopter. The thopter leaped like a frightened animal, surged southwest toward the storm in the great curve of desert. Sure. Beyond stretched moonlit fingernail shadows, dunes diminishing one into the other. There's actually, you know, it's quite... when it when the when the thopter bit started, I was like, "Hell yeah!" yeah. But then it just you know, there's just more of it, and there's more. I think some parts more of it, it and then more. And then some parts of it are very tiring, and you don't want to read them. Mm-hmm. Paul sent the wings their full soaring length, heard them creak with the strain. I mean, it's a very like hack writer technique oh, to be sure. like, "I'm gonna like elide the verb to make it feel like very urgent, <laughs> like it's all happening at once." Oh, I'm so good. I'm so I'm good at writing. I'm so, I am so good at writing. I am Frank Herbert. I really like the bit where um, Jessica's trying to calm herself down and she starts telling herself the litany and it's like calmness returned and then calmness immediately drains out of her. T- <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. I feel that, Jessica. I mean... Sometimes I'm doing my <laughs> deep breathing and then I stop doing it and then immediately. And I'm you think very about the world again. for one second. <laughs> immediately I'm having another panic attack. I understand. Oh. <laughs> She's a real one, is Jessica. She is. Uh, I, uh, I really like um, that they both. I like I that it's a moment some... that they shared and it's such a tiny moment at the end of this chapter that it just it feels really important as something that they have in common well, I mean, something that they fall back on that they both understand they thought they both understand and fall back on it and it's both very much a part of their past and history and personal yeah. like culture but also they go through it as individuals yeah like it both happens to them separately they do, they don't Paul presumably doesn't recognise that Jessica is is, no. is going is doing the listening, and then she and then she notices him doing the listening. Yeah, like they're kind of um, very alone, it's like, it, but also relying on yeah. the same thing. I mean, it's sort of beautiful, but it's like, oh, he's no longer, yeah. he's no longer my baby. It's he's really sad. Person. It's so sad. Yeah. Poor Jessica. Um, Poor Jessica. Mm. Jessica Jessica is done so dirty in this book. As I say, Jessica is 
the best of her. <laughs> that well-known phrase that is, is a catchphrase of the podcast. It's on our t-shirts now. <laughs> Jessica is another <laughs> piece of merch. How, how are we spelling bestica? How are we spelling bestica? Two s's. T i c a. And we're putting a t in it, but but <laughs> it's not really legible as a play on Jessica or on the word best. <laughs> I always you just made too many compromises in your pun. <laughs> it no longer functions as a pun. Who what would buy that? Like I bet Dr. Tim would have it. one. Did you see? I went on Twitter by mistake to look at the university. I, I, I went to listen to our last episode, mm-hmm. and actually, what I ended up doing was going on to the Twitter. Um, and uh, Oops. You know, I was Funny clicking around. Happens. I was, I was clicking, and I was just clicking and just clicking, and I, uh, I um, uh, I went on to Dr. Tim's uh, Twitter account, and Dr. Tim, there's a picture of Dr. Tim, and he's dressed as the Kool Aid Man. <laughs> so good. I think it was a Halloween costume, and it's so adorable. So good. So good. So good. Thank you, Dr. Good Tim. Good costume, Dr. Tim. Well done. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you for my life, Dr. Tim. Um, what else did I like about the chapter? Um, uh, let's let's think. Well, we haven't talked about Liet. No, we haven't. Kinds. Yeah, Jessica clocks it. I don't Where know if Paul registers dead. it at all. Hello. 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 Hello, computer. Hello, computer. Okay. Okay. Well, where does that? Where does that it come from? from? I know it's just so bad. Oh damn it! Oh yes, but it's also Terrible. so formative. I know we can't escape from our past. No, no, and Richard Ayoade can't escape from his past, no. even though he's tried. Even though he's tried. He's tried. <laughs> Sometimes we just have to carry these things. Um, <laughs> like Richard Ayoade. <laughs> um, I thought what I was going to say. What did you like about this chapter? You're talking about kinds. kinds. Well, I only said I liked kinds. Yes. Um, you good. said something that I didn't hear because you dropped out. I said that Jessica clocks him, but Paul doesn't. Mm, yeah, well, he doesn't yeah. seem to, or he doesn't seem to care. How do you mean clocks him? Well, immediately she's like, "Oh, he's Liat," because somebody says so. But like, Paul doesn't seem to register it or think about it at all someone literally addresses him as Liet. i know and jessica's like oh okay and that's this how is they work on. out that he's Paul is like i'm the duke now you have to respect me respecting me respecting me i mean i also like how like we're supposed to have worked this out by now from in like textual clues in the book and then frank just goes ahead and says like oh yes just so you know in case you didn't notice. In case you didn't realise that <laughs> po- that Kind has a royal voice accustomed to command and mm. that Jessica had not missed the reference to him as Liet, Liet being the Fremen alter ego, the other face of the tame planetologist. The planetologist. Planetologist, yes. Did I stutter? <laughs> did yes, I, I did. Did <laughs> 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 oh 
Also, um, I like how Kind says, um, mm, 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 we'll see. He nodded to one of his men. Spice coffee in my quarters, Shamir. And Shamir goes, it's not time to have spiced coffee. It's time to call it off. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> That's narrow casting. That's a joke only for you. That's just a joke only for us, which is what every joke we make should be. I think. <laughs> good song though. Solid song. Yeah, it's it's like it's like how could anybody say that the Fremen aren't supposed to be like you know Gender queer, clearly brown disco. if they're called things like Shamir? Yeah. 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 At the opera on Friday, I was reading the Wikipedia page for Asata Shakur. Ah, yes. Just casually at the opera. <laughs> just casually at the opera. Just casually um, at the opera. You know how it is. You uh, know when you I, go on Saturday to the operetta by yourself. You know when you like you ride solo at the opera on a Friday <laughs> night, like a real one. Like a real one. We all know this classic activity of a weekend. This classic activity of being a... <laughs> being a stone cold bitch in the opera by yourself anyway you read about Asata Secure at the opera Asata Secure I'm sorry Asata Secure Tupac's auntie she's Tupac's auntie did you know yeah I did she escaped from prison and went to Cuba and she's still in Cuba She's still in Cuba. She's still living in Cuba. She's still like in Cuba. Tupac. Cool. Who is also in Cuba and is alive. <laughs> Good to know. Thank you. But um I was just thinking about how cuz she chose she chose her name as like being um <clears throat> sort of like as a kind of nod to the pan-africanism movement. Mm-hmm. But like she just chose all of her different names from different African languages. Hell yeah. Um, and I was Hell like, yeah. this is your right, I guess. And we're back. She's back. Back again. Back. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, I thought it was I um, thought it was funny. I want to talk about this chapter, but I also want to talk about I went to a workshop about Afrofuturism. Ooh. And somebody was talking about um uh how the African Union rep like recognizes the African diaspora across the world as like uh part of the African Union. Oh. Which makes me feel very warm. That and is good. nice. That's very, very nice. That's so nice. That's so That's not nice. Yeah. I went to a I went to a workshop also a different workshop about um black political stuff. Uh, mm. and it was very difficult. <laughs> I had a hard time. Yeah. Oh, yes, you went. I was almost going to go to that, I think, but then I didn't respond to my emails because I'm not good at doing that. Uh, um, yes, and you did karaoke, but also it was very hard to be at. It was very hard to be at, but I did I did do seven seven uh, karaoke songs, one after the other, and I would not let the mic go. <laughs> I would come up behind other people and do the harmonies on their karaoke songs. I was a karaoke monster. I was a legit actual bitch. It was amazing. What songs did uh, you do? I did, I did the Erica Badu song on and on. Ah, that is a good song. I did um, uh, the Whitney Houston song. I want to dance with somebody. 
Yes, good. I did. Uh, I did the the Salon song, Planes in the Sky. Cranes in the Sky. Ah. Uh, when I was at the Afrofuturism workshop, we listened to that Salon album at least four just like times over and over all again. Through. She's a genius. Yeah, over and over. Also, the the workshop leader was from Chicago. And um, uh, she made me do Sunday Candy with her because she really was very into oh, Charles the Rapper. I love Sunday Candy. Good song. Also, the woman running the, the thing knew Obama. She knew him. She knew she Obama. She knew him. Before he was president, Damn. she knew him. It was a bit much. Dang. Yeah, that sounds like It a was lot. a lot. And she was also, and this is a bit of a read, she was exactly like the kind of person who would have known Obama, if you know what I mean. Um, I think I don't. <laughs> I think I don't. <laughs> we haven't talked much about this chapter, though. I don't know if I have much more to say about this chapter, even though a lot happens in it. Only that um, uh, a lot happens in it. Uh, the only thing is like that. Kind is like very uh shady about um, uh, what's his name? Paul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. What's his fucking what's, name? What's his, what's his, what's his face? More deep fella uh, about him being uh, the Duke um, and then in the space of two and a half words changed his mind and is like so like first he's calling him like sire sarcastically but then, then it turns out that he's calling him sire and like and then he's like sire I would pledge I, sire. I would give my life for you sire <laughs> I give my life for you sire I love you exactly I would die for you I would die for you, you. sire uh, yeah. So, yeah. so there's that. That's the most important thing that happens. In the and chapter. then they, and then they escape through a wall. Oh, and Duncan, Duncan Idaho dies. Following Ray, Dunk, Dunko, mm-hmm. Dunks, Dunks oh, dies. Yes, Duncan Idaho dies. Duncan Idaho dies. There's a cool yes. The blossom of blood is in his hair or something. It blossoms, and then that's how you know he's dead. <laughs> that's how you know. All of our faves are being killed. Paul had one last glimpse of Idaho standing against a swarm of Harkonnen uniforms, his jerking controlled staggers, the black goat hair with the red blossom of death in it. Then the door was closed and there came a snick as kind threw the bolts. A. Frank, Frank loves snick. Snicks and snicking. Yeah, he does. Uh, in this snicks. chapter. Um, also, I think it's weird that in the last sentence of Duncan Idaho's life, um, uh, Frank disguise him as having goat hair no like oh we didn't expect this he was a goat man all along um and uh very delayed there frank yeah it's not it's like not very clear as a death death um scene no and i think i think that he kind of dies unceremoniously he does like there's a bit like I don't know. I feel like we're past the point of spoilers now, but like there's a bit in the other book where he comes back and everyone's super surprised. And because in this book his death didn't affect me literally at all, I'm like, what? But you could you, you could what? very easily miss that it happens. Like, yeah. If you're reading quickly, you could just be like, Duncan, the door gets closed. Yeah. Duncan, question mark, question mark, question and mark. And they don't really give you enough of an opportunity to get attached to Idaho for his death. Even though we love him so much, we love him so much. We yeah. do, we do. Um, but he's doing some like extremely badass, boring fighting before he gets deaded. Yeah, is there a bit you want to read from that? So, I mean, actually, I I did quite as a little portal into a, a horrifying world. I did think that this was kind of done in a interesting way. It was good. Mm-hmm. Um, 
The door behind Paul slammed open. He whirled to see reeling violence, shouting the clash of steel, wax image faces grimacing in the passage. With his mother beside him, Paul leapt for the door, seeing Idaho blocking the passage, his blood-pitted eyes there visible through a shield blur, claw hands beyond him, arcs of steel chopping futilely at the shield. There was the orange fire mouth of a stunner repelled by the shield. Idaho's blades were through it all, flick-flicking, red dripping from them. That's good, right? Like, that's cool as hell. That's I like the sort of transferred epithets. Blood I loved that. Orange fire mouth, claw hands, shield blur. It's interesting. Yeah, it's super interesting. Paul, like, the door blasts down behind him and he turns around and then he sees Gunnika and he's like, oh no. <laughs> he just immediately shuts the door again. That's what happens. Legit. It's like a cow mooing, but it's like mooing with pain. I wrote an essay about Gunnika for my art GCSE. Yeah, I, I think that. I failed to get it. Like I, look, I think back on that stuff, and I was like, ah. I mean, it's like how we were like sixteen. How deep can you get? How really? deep can you get at sixteen? How deep can you get? <laughs> and then they kind of, you know, like like a cartoon. They like run into a black hole painted in the wall, and then suddenly they're outside, <laughs> in an ornithopter, thoptering away. Mm-hmm. Um, should we talk about the other chapter? Because I realise we've gone for almost... I have to get off the phone in seven minutes, so no. Should we do... Oh, fuck. Web of the week. They call me Dr. Worm. Let's very quickly do Web of the Week. Yesterday, okay, week? last week, when I was out shopping, I was at Lidl, I was rummaging through the sweet potato bin, as you do, um, and I picked up mm-hmm. the world's longest sweet potato. I think it was about a foot long, maybe more. I think we might have to, like, tweet a photo of it or put it somewhere that people can see. Oh, we like, should. It's we definitely fucking should. massive. I think long sweet potato has to be our, like, album art for this one. <laughs> you know, like, the mooing cow face from Guernica on the end of... A long sweet potato. Um, the long sweet potato just sort of like going into its mouth. <laughs> and I mean, I took a photo of it to send to you. And like in my hand, I'm holding another long sweet potato, but it's about half as long. And I thought that one was long. What I really should have done was just have one normal sized sweet potato. One normal And then sweet this potato. long, long man, which was very, very long. <laughs> this long, long, long man. Long man. Um. I bet it was a long, long man. Did I you didn't know. I put it back. Because I ah. had three sweet potatoes at home. But I was like, God damn, oh. you're so long. <laughs> so you just wanted to look at the potatoes and you didn't want I to just, buy I any. Just, like, I had to it's a catch and release. I had to set him free. If I love, if I, <laughs> if it browsing. loves you back, it'll come back to you. It's <laughs> <laughs> a classic pickup artist technique. What? You're picking up the sweet potatoes in more ways. The pickup artist, but just a person who picks things up and is really good at it. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> I'm a pickup artist. No, no, not uh, that kind. No, no. I simply pick things up from of of. Whenever the I floor. pick something up, there's a crowd of people forms around me, and they all applaud. And they give me money. <laughs> I really, really, genuinely think that'd be my ideal life. 
<laughs> that would be great. <laughs> um, okay, so what's yours? My worm of the week is giant pyrosome. Oh. I I love the tube. Oh. I love oh, so the bad. tube. So a few days ago on Twitter, I saw um, a picture of a long-looking thing with a rounded end. And the description of the tweet was, The giant pyrosome is a free-floating colonial tunicate that is made of thousands of identical clones, together forming a hollow cylindrical structure that can be 60 feet long and wide enough for a person to enter. Learn more <laughs> in the link. Why would you click that cursed link? So I sent this picture to everybody um, with, the, with, the, with the comment, Look at the tube! Um, and I developed a deeper passion for the oh, tube. Oh, God. Um, and just now I have clicked on the link and gone to the website and I would like to tell you some things not about ready. the not ready, but I'll never be ready. Just, just <laughs> tell me, get it over with. Each individual clone is a small, complete animal that filters water non-stop in order to obtain food, flush out waste and contribute to the propulsion of the entire... It moves? It moves. Uh-huh. Cool. Darren Pyrosomes are bioluminescent giving rise to the common name, which comes from the Greek for fire and body. The light produced by giant pyrosomes is particularly bright and long-lasting and beautiful to witness. <laughs> because the individual tunicates can That's subjective. By the colony can regenerate injured parts or continue growing up after being broken apart. Unless all individual clones are killed at the same time, colony can theoretically live oh. forever. Shrinking and growing based on available food and physical disturbance. Individual clones are hermaphroditic. They make both eggs and sperm. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't want to hear about how they have sex. Thank you. Okay, that's all the information about the tube. But that, that's the tube. It moves. It's 60 feet long. It could fit five people head to toe inside it. It's great. We love um, it. How Thank do you, you. think they, they um, tested the thesis? This tube can fit five to six people head to toe inside it. Well, it's That's 60 so feet long. That's so fucked up. What do, you those... think, what do you think the, the, the organisms feel like when I don't know. they have a person inside it? It's a type of coral that's made People. of like tiny little thousands dudes. of little rings of coral. Um, anyway, I'm done talking about the tube. Do you, do you uh, need to go? Yes, I do need to go. Um, I just want to say okay. that... The tube is bad. Long live the tube. <laughs> the tube is good. We, we love we the tube. We do not love the tube. No, we love the tube. the tube. One day, I just can't believe there's shit like that fucking up in the sea. Okay. I do to have go. to go. Good worm. Thank you. Goodbye. See you good anon. Thank you. Goodbye. For the next chapter of. Maybe next week we'll do yes. another <laughs> podcast. Yeah, I hope so. I right. hope so too. See you, goodbye. Bye. Alright, bye. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Tube If you don't already find us through Twitter, which I assume most people did. Um, also, take a look at our website um, because I'm proud of it. It's incredibly basic at university.pinecast. Mm. At university.pinecast.co. Um, you're great. Things are good. I don't know what to do at the end of this podcast, but now it's over. Thanks for listening. Hopefully, we'll do more of these soon. Thank you. Goodbye. Okay, done. I'm 
skanking on a dance floor. I'm drunk off that Hennessy. I ain't sober. I don't mix with Coca Cola or soda. But right now I'm on a roller. I take a look over my shoulder and I see this sexy thing. I think it's time to work my way over. So I shuffle on my heels and I bounce on my toes. I'm crazy and she knows. Still it's all good, I suppose. Cause she didn't complain. She backed it up. So I got behind her and I lapped it up. Then we danced all night till the sun came up. Then I took it to my yard and I wrapped it up.